You're listening to Keep It Current, a real estate show specifically tailored for real estate professionals. This is a nationally syndicated show designed to help real estate professionals level up. So whether you're new in the business or needing a refresher course on how to get better at what you do, this is the show for you. Hey, everybody. What's up? I'm Brian Hauer. I'm Jason Harper. This is Keep It Current, a real estate show for realtors. Excited to be here today. This week, we are going to talk about four things you must do to grow your real estate business. And if that sounds like something that was interest you, then I would suggest that you stick around because we have a ton of stuff to go over in a very short amount of time. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good, right? I'm good. A little tired, but good otherwise. Yeah. I was going to mention that you did look a little bit tired, but I always hate it when people tell me, <laughs> man, you look tired because I take it so personally. Like, because if you're not tired, then it's like, really? This is my normal face. I don't want to look tired. That's yeah. so funny. We were um, at a baseball game last night, and the first inning literally went 35 minutes. Are you serious? One inning, yeah. So I went oh to bed at like gosh. 12, 15, you, got up when it was still dark. <laughs> no way. That's so crazy. At least you're doing something fun. Well, let's get right into it. Uh, I want to be sensitive with people's time. Uh, thank you guys for being here. If you're uh, listening to this on a podcast, welcome. If you are uh, checking us out on YouTube, want to say thanks. Be sure to like and subscribe and do all that stuff you're supposed to do. Uh, maybe you're watching this Facebook live or maybe it's a repeat. Thank you very much for being here. We're really uh, excited to do this and we hope that uh, you get some value out of these things. So important strategies or actions to grow your real estate business. I mean, there's probably a million things, right? Um, we're just going to cover four things that are just absolute must do right out of the gate. Yes. If you are, if you're a brand new agent, you're going to, totally get a lot out of this. If you're an agent that's been at it for a while, but maybe you've lost some traction, maybe these are just good things um, as a reminder, right? Yep. <laughs> I'll use a little bit of that sometimes. Yep. So I want to jump into the first thing. And the first thing, uh, at the risk of having people tune out, because this is so <laughs> obvious. <laughs> Please don't. I want to don't jump right into contact management system and a social media plan. You have to do this. It is it is not as hard as it sounds. Uh, if you're new and you just feel like, oh, I'd, how am I supposed to build a sphere of influence and 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 drip on these people or nurture these people? Um, there's all kinds of things. Reach out to me, in fact, if you want to, um, or Jason. We have all kinds of materials that will help you jog your memory to help you realize how many people you actually have in your sphere of influence. I don't care if you've been doing this for a year or if you've been doing this for 15 years. You can probably add a lot of people to your sphere by using some of these memory jogger techniques that we have. Oh, yes. Um, you really need to create it because uh, you need to create an organized list of your past clients, right? I mean, it's very, very important to do that. They have to be nurtured differently. Uh, in fact, you don't want to drip on past clients. You want to nurture them just like, you know, your sphere of influence. A constant contact uh, of the database with good content, not just, hey, I want to remind you to use me. But, you know, nurturing those those people that are in your database on a regular basis with good, good contact, you know, being the knowledge broker and using this as a tool to do that. Um, once once you have a transaction with, a, you know, a, a client, that's when the real relationship begins. Um, and 
you know, they're not going to be bummed out if they're seeing texts and emails and videos come from you. They're actually going to be excited about it. If you've done a good job building their relationship through the escrow and now they're closed and they're now kind of in your past client, you know, nurturing, uh, they want to hear from you, right? Especially if your content is good. If they don't want to hear from you, then, you know, maybe you need to up your game on the content. We can, I think would be a great show like what type of content content to use to, um, you know, nurture and stay in touch with your past clients. But yep. um, I, I just think it's really important to have a very, very good contact management system. You I read, I read you something. I read something. Um, and I think it was either you and I were talking about this, or it might've been me and Blake were talking about this. We were reading a bunch of stats from a car. Um, it's so important to be the real estate guru to your tribe or your sphere of influence, your past clients, you have to be that type of person where you're just always top of mind without, you know, you're not going to irritate them, but you have to be top of mind. Yeah. These are real stats, Jason. 71% of your past clients will not use you again. If you don't stay top of mind, we assume that, Oh, they're just going to reuse us again. Cause they had a great time. I gave them a bottle of wine when we were, we were done and it was a great yep. experience. Everyone was happy. Yeah. I got them a good deal. I helped cover some of their closing costs. Nope. If you don't stay top of mind, I'm sorry, bro. They're going to forget about you. <laughs> it's a crowded <laughs> industry. They get bombarded. Absolutely. Yep. yep. Uh, here's another stat. 95% of your past client, 95% of your past clients is almost all of them. Pretty much. Let's just say all of them <laughs> will not refer you to anybody if you're not top of mind. So they're not going to use you or refer you. And that's, those are two really, really bad things. So yep. definitely having a good CRM contact management system is absolutely key. If you you know, are looking to continue to grow your business and not fall short. Yeah. Let me jump in at number two. Can I say uh, one thing before you do? Because absolutely. you said top of mind and, and this helped me because I waited a long time before I dialed our CRM in. Yeah. Pay attention to businesses you like and, and, and marketing campaigns you've signed up to because there are companies I like where I'm blown away at how crappy their marketing is or how good their follow-up marketing it is. So, yeah. you know, if you, if there's a shirt company you like that does a great job with follow-up, it's because of their CRM and their marketing plan, duplicate it, just make yeah. it good content, real estate related. Um, that kind of helped me take the time when I actually set one up to sit down and actually put people in it. Absolutely. And that the longer you wait to do point. it, the more years will go by. Next thing you know, you have hundreds of clients and then you'll never do it. So well, what would you say to those people that literally don't, they, they, the, the thought of <clears throat> taking an entire day or maybe an entire weekend to make sure that they have an organized CRM, what would you say to them if they just said, ah, oh, you know what? It's just, it's just too much. I'm just, I'm just going to keep on doing my Zillow leads and doing my postcards and we'll just kind of see what happens. What would yeah. you say to that person? If you have a hundred people in your, that could be in your CRM and you don't take that one day, two days or a week, you're losing out on like probably six figures a year. And if you're a newer agent who doesn't take the time, you're going to have a real hard time scaling your business or it's going to take two, three times as long. So 
when you have like one or two past clients, I mean, that's the easiest time to get one going. You have Absolutely. a ton of time. Yeah. And if you have 200 past clients, you better be motivated by the amount of money you're losing by not taking a friggin' week and putting them in the database because it's a lot yeah. of money. I sat down with uh, my coach, Andy Nazaroff, phenomenal Tom Ferry coach. And he helped me figure out how many deals we were doing a month, what that equates to, and you know what what's what business is coming through our CRM. And we kind of figured it out that <clears throat> every single person that I put in my CRM equates to about six hundred dollars. <laughs> so, and that's and everyone's a little bit different because they yeah. they are nurturing differently, and they have you know cool they depending on how those contacts came into your ecosystem, into your funnels, and so forth. Right. They're at different buying cycles or, you know, they're not as hot, whatever. But on the average, it was about 600 bucks. So think about that. Every time you take the time, you put in, you know, three leads or not leads, but three contacts. And you really spend the time to make sure that it's nice and detailed. You have their address, their phone number, their first name, last name, all that. Three, that's, that's potentially 1800 bucks that you just put away for future income. Yep. You know, if you look at it like that, it kind of helps with the monotony. <laughs> you can yep. also outsource this type of stuff too. Um, but it's good to know what you're leaving on the table. Absolutely. So we're going to talk a little bit about that in our number four, but we're not going to. Yeah. Jump yeah out <laughs> the fourth thing, right? So moving on to number two, um, you have to just literally own your geographic farm. I mean, you, you have to. And there's a lot of ways to own your geographic farm. Um, and but when I what I mean by owning it is just being that face that everybody sees, everyone knows you, they like you, they trust you. And you, you do that first by just being an absolute expert, right? So you, you need to be that person in your geographic farm that knows how many people reside there. You need to know how many of them are renters versus homeowners. If there's condos in your farm, that's going to help with occupancy ratio. You need to know that. It's a good thing to know. You need to know how many homes there are, uh, like how many doors, right, that are, that are there. Uh, whether or not there's special zone restrictions, building codes, things like that, that people need to be aware of. Maybe there's vacant lots within your farm, and you know mm -hmm. it's good to know that stuff. How about just knowing the days on market? The average days on market, um, what the average sale price is, even silly things like the average square footage price. I mean, we don't go by that. We've a, a real pro doesn't do that, but it is a it is a marker. If somebody wants to talk about it, it's good to know. Um, what about the schools? What the API scores of the schools that your farm feeds is really important to know because you're going to get asked that question, and it's really going to set you apart if you know all the answers to these things that will come up in your farm. Um, one of that one that I found, I, I, I actually found out by mistake that this is something that's good to know because I had my neighbor was blown away that I knew this about my farm because I said, oh yeah, that's those are the, the Beezer homes. I know exactly what you're talking about. And she was like, you know the builder? I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know yeah. Beezer personally, but there's Lennar across the street. Those were the Beezer homes. And it blew her mind that I knew who the builder was because these homes are 15 years old. The fact that I knew that was just really gave me credibility. Little things like that make a big difference. So if you want to be, you know, a, 
really own your farm, then the first part of it is being an expert, taking the time to really know the ins and outs of your farm. The second thing is to make sure that you are known in your farm. Now, we talk a lot about making sure you're not a, a secret agent, and that's kind of like generally speaking. But if you want to, you know, you, you have to be very intentional about being known in your farm. And, th and that means, and you can help me, Jason, come up with some of these, like uh, being really chatty on um, on uh, next, what's it called? Next door. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Next door. That's an yep. app. I have that app. I'm, I'm always chiming in on stuff. Um, yep. You can going to neighborhood Facebook page. Community. That's perfect. Um, and, and it's not just going out there and saying, Hey, I'm a realtor. I want to sell your house, but just being involved, answering questions, making it organic, uh, going to the barbecues, going to the firework shows and the Easter egg yep. hunts and, um, the occasional block parties, right? Show up, be present, uh, strike up conversations. And, and even better, if you can plan those and be the one that's mm -hmm. actually hosting those, then you yep. can, you can leverage those even better. Um, yep. interact getting with, involved in the HOA. If there's an HOA, HO, um, that's a great one. Yes. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Using YouTube, right. To do videos and then put those videos out into your farm. You can do geofence ads on YouTube, which you can't do on Facebook. So you can do a, a video, you know, some really cool info about the neighborhood, put it out on YouTube and then make sure that everyone in your farm sees that as an ad. I mean, those kind of things, they don't cost a lot of money. Uh, you can wrap your car, which I was just going to say brand consistency. We were, we were talking about that backstage. Oh yeah. Michael Reese, um, from the Kinder Reese organization. I dig that guy. He is just so such a nuts and bolts marketing guy. Super smart. Uh, he said that yard signs, open house signs, mailers, door hangers, flyers, all of them need to have identical branding uh, because that way you get synergy. It's just more of a reminder. Everything looks the same. And as, a, as a, what, what he does, which I think is just brilliant, is he actually has a pretty flashy yard sign. It's a picture of him, his company name, all that stuff. Uh, it's a for sale sign, but he has a, an image of that for sale sign on his postcards, on his mailers, on his door hangers, on his car, right? He has a Hummer <laughs> and he has a, a picture of his sign on the Hummer. So it's just people say to him all the time, God, I see your sign everywhere. It's because they see his they sign. They literally see it everywhere. On everything. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of consistency what I'm talking about. And I mean, we don't need to beat a dead horse. I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can do to get out there and be present in your neighborhood so that you're, you're being known, but, um, you know, having a command, that kind of command of your farm doesn't cost a lot of money. It just takes consistency. And, um, you know, yeah. it's, I think it's really important. That's why we added that to our list. Yeah. And the thought process is the last thing you want to do when you go on an appointment in your farm is to have to explain who you are, how long you've worked there, or if you know the neighborhood, like that's right. If you have to answer those questions, you're not farming properly. That's a the great whole point, point of farming is to get past that whole dog and pony show and proving who I am and what yep. I can do. It's, Hey, we know who you are Yeah, because of a through Z. And don't you want those come list me calls. It's like, look, I got 
Oh, I got 20 minutes for you. Come tell me what my house is worth. I want to get on the market by the weekend. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) They would never, ever call you to do that if they didn't know, like, and trust you. And that would never happen if you didn't have a command of your farm and they knew you were an expert and, and you were out there being known as the expert. I think those calls are the single most gratifying thing in this business. A, a gentleman on my team, Blake, <clears throat> just had one just a couple of days ago. Someone called him, said, I want you to list my house. He said, oh, how'd you hear about me? They said, I don't know. Several people mentioned you and I'm calling you. I'd like to get like, okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hard, it's hard to track and measure those, but at least you know you're doing something right. You know, yep. you're being known. That's what you're doing. Exactly. So what else you got for us? Well, let's uh, skip on to number three for everybody and uh, dive into studying. And I know this is a little different from the two you had, but studying uh, consumer behavior and kind of understanding not what they want, but what they are going to demand and expect from us. And um, this is one I've talked, I know we've talked about, I've talked with some other people about, but um without aging myself, I've been in the business now of just over 20 years and it's changed a lot. And it went from a business that was very secretive where us as agents held all the knowledge, all the data, and you had to give a blood sample to get any of it from me and sign a contract. And now it's kind of the reverse. There's anything and everything. So our roles really changed. Um, and it's taken a while for the transaction to catch up and get to a point where a transaction has changed. But with groups like Zillow and Open Door and OfferPad, and now with uh, Rocket Homes or Rocket Mortgage, who's you know Quicken, kind of jumping into the same space, we're finally hitting that point where um, we're starting to see transactions that are very different. We have groups buying homes from sellers so they can go buy the new house they want, like. Yeah, it was kind of weird when it started happening. But my thoughts on this, because we always it's not always a matter of, hey, can we spend more money to generate a transaction? Sometimes it's a matter of simply paying attention to what the consumer wants. And so there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of agents that like Zillow and these other groups. And there's, I think, a big segment that don't. But regardless of whether you do or don't one benefit we have as agents is they have spent hundreds of millions of dollars to study oh, yeah. consumer behavior and they're doing it for us and we they're can, doing it for us. We it's get a like, sneak peek of what they're doing. Yeah. It's like sitting in the boardroom and listening. Cause all we have to do is pay attention to what they're doing. The benefit for us is if we just adopt some of that into our own business model, we're going to do more transactions without even growing our database simply by understanding that what the consumer wants more so than what we think the business should be is far more important. And I guarantee when you look back at certain transactions, like, Oh, didn't get that listing or didn't land that buyer, or they worked with somebody else. It wasn't, it, it was most likely because they scratched an itch that you didn't. And oftentimes, you know, with us, it's, Hey, I've been in the business 20 years. I know better. Maybe you do, but you can't tell the consumer that, you know, it has to be a very, we talked about pain points two weeks ago. And and if we're not solving those pain points. So that being said, take advantage of the money and the time these groups have spent studying consumer behavior and learn where you can adopt some of those practices into your own business. Um, a lot of them, you can do it little to no cost, but adopt their strategies. 
Um, you know, if it's as simple as getting better with your appointment settings so that you don't drive a buyer crazy and keep them on the phone for 10 minutes just to see one house, and that equals one more transaction, you literally, you spent less time with the client and you spent zero dollars to generate another 10 plus thousand dollar commission. I love how you, I love the way you're framing that because we're seeing it firsthand. Um, I make no bones about it. We are partnered with Zillow with Zillow Flex. Right. And we get a tremendous amount of leads. Um, and, you know, they are a good example of a company that has spent a lot of money developing a sales funnel. Yep. And when, you know, what the reason why so many people go to Zillow, you want to love them? Great. You want to hate them? So be it. But they... What they're doing is irrefutable. Yep. They are giving what the consumer wants. That's all they care about. That's all they care about. And they basically only want to work with agents that are willing to give a good experience to the consumer who's coming onto their platform. And they want to make sure that if we're partnered with them, that we're giving the consumer what they want. And the consumer doesn't want what an agent wants to give. The consumer wants what they came to Zillow for. I like mm -hmm. this house. I'd like to see this house. I want to click this button and I want to make an appointment. <laughs> and yeah. so that's what I want to do. <laughs> and if you get in the way and say, Hey, how you doing today? So what are you looking for? Hey, and you're just like, they're just like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. I, yeah. I just want to see this house. Who are you? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I just, I work at Zillow and I've been doing this for 20 years and Hey, do you have a prequel? Right. They don't, that is the worst thing you can do in a situation like that. So, most of the buyers are going onto those big platforms and they're becoming accustomed. Their new behavior now is I want it now. Yeah. I don't want you to talk to me about a prequel in the first conversation. I want to just, you know, give them what they want. Give them that free, you know, that free, uh, what do we call it? Free showing? Really. It's yeah. That first showing is like your interview. It's your chance to meet them, stand out and secure that relationship. Yep. Uh, Eric Johnson, he's on my team. He did a video the other day and it was all about being a lean green appointment setting machine. There like, you go. You, if you're not that you're never, ever going to grow in this business. And so if you have a platform where you can make the appointment, even if they're not qualified, but you still get that appointment with them belly to belly, your chances of eventually, you know, transacting with that client is exponentially greater especially because now you've met them face to face. They're going to be in your drip system. You're going to be nurturing them rather. Um, and when they're ready to, to buy or sell, it's going to be, it's going to be easy. These are all things to help you just continue to build yeah. and continue to grow and not let anything slip through the cracks. Yep. yep. So I, it, 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 great points. Um, I think the only thing I would throw in is I would, I guess with that being said, now, I don't want to say challenge people, but if you're not studying on a regular basis and educating yourself with what a lot of these very successful large groups are doing, whether it's a real estate company or a group like a Zillow, yeah. um, just get on Inman News or any sort of real estate news. It just pay attention. It's like free education. Pay attention. Can you give some of the audience uh, here on uh, YouTube or Facebook or podcast? Where, what are some good sources that they can learn? You always seem to kind of have 
the inside track on a lot of things. I didn't even know about Rocket Mortgage until you told me today. So that's yeah. really cool. Uh, where, where are you learning it? And where can where can our audience go to get some of these inside scoops? Yeah, I mean, honestly, Inman is, I mean, they're, they're huge. I'm not always a fan of everything they put out, but they're really, really active. So if you talk, go back to being top of mind, they're really great because they just have a slew of content. They have a yep. really good you wake up to their emails in your inbox, they hit you at the right time. So you can kind of learn how to do a CRM, how to follow up, what to put out, but they just, they're everywhere all the time. They seem yeah. to kind of break all these stories. Um, you know, Google, I mean, the other thing is just real estate news. I mean, if you just go online and you, you know, yeah. it'll pull up what Keller Williams is doing or Realogy is doing or all, you know, it's, yeah. And, um, what about real trends? How, how do you, what are your thoughts on real trends? I seem to get a lot of great info on that. Yeah, they're great too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's a handful, there's just a small handful of these that I think um, are active. I mean, the big thing is when you find an article from one you like, I always click to see how often they post. And if it's like once a month, I usually don't bother, but yeah, you find like real trends or an inman or something like that. I mean, they have like 10 articles a day. It's amazing. They're in the know. They're in the, you know, they're, they're just constantly in it. So yeah, um, that's that. I mean, that's where I start. And then I always go do my own research. And, you know, there's other articles you'll find when you Google, oh, hey, Rocket just did this. And then you you start to learn other pages as you kind of Google. But start there. If you start with Inman, Google the articles, you'll find other news sources that you'll find are pretty good. And then just yeah. kind of go about it that way. Love it study consumer behavior because they're the ones you got to meet them where they're at understand what the consumer demand is because if you can't if you can't do that you're going to miss a big chunk of those those uh prospects so yep. number four number four simple track and measure this is more about keeping more not necessarily adding more um, you know, I can generate a million dollars in income, but if I spend 1.5 to do it, I've lost $500,000. So, right. um, we're getting better at this. We're going through a course right now to learn to do it better. I think it's something I've always been pretty good at. I'm a spreadsheet nerd, but I'm getting even better at it. You know, you really should be able to every month, every quarter, every year, look and say, am I on budget? Am I on track? How much did I spend here? What did I generate? How much did I spend here? What did I generate? There's a lot of ways to earn more by, you know, more or less keep more, earn more. Yeah, um, it can be, more. hey, I'm doing really well in one community with my geographic farming, right? Yep. Let me go into that next community where prices are 10% higher, right? You've added 10% to your average sales price. Right now, you, now for every house you sell, for every 10 homes you sell, it equates to an extra transaction simply by upping your price point. Right. Um, you know, if you're, if you're mailing and you're going through a particular company that does say every door direct mail, right. There's other companies that might do it cheaper. If you're sending out 10,000 postcards and you find a company that's 12 cents cheaper, we'll do the math. Exactly. You just took home a lot more money. So especially postcards, because those have to go out all the, all the time. Uh, yeah. But, you know, as agents and brokers, we're really good at, well, hey, if I go spend this much, something good is probably going to happen. Or, hey, we we're able to take that vacation or we, we bought the house. But it we need to take the time 
we need to going back and I love the whole pain point conversation. We need to create some pain points for ourselves so that we have to dive into what we're doing to figure out where we can alleviate some of that, whether it's better options for technology, whether it's, um, you know, a new mail house. So we're saving money on mailers, but yeah, you got to track, you got to measure in that way too. When you scale, you know, I know, Hey, if I want to hire this assistant, it's going to put a dent in 12% of my budget, right? Where am I going to make that up? Can I, can I trim some cost elsewhere to take that down to where now it's only taken up 8%. I only need to adjust 8%. What can I do? You know what I mean? It, you've got to be able to drill down and know what you're spending and what return you're getting on spending. And I know that might not seem like, oh, hey, Jason just added a transaction, but kind of did because if you can spend money more wisely, you're going to make more money. Or if you're throwing money at something that isn't accounting for any transactions and you simply stop, you took home more money. Right. So, you know, you can Google how to do a a profit and loss. Um, There's plenty of templates out there, but if, if for people who have never at least done a simple, this is what I spend, this is what I take home. This is my true cost of business in every category of marketing uh, and technology um, and transactional costs like photos, video. I, I would encourage you to download a template, at least do your first one. So you at least have, a fairly decent understanding of yeah. what it takes to actually generate a transaction. Yeah, exactly. And then that can also help you identify kind of in the reverse way, like what the long-term value of a client is, right? You know, what the long-term value of a good team member is, what the long-term value of a, a, a good professional relationship. When you really learn how to track and measure everything uh, and drill down on everything in your business, uh, that's when you can start to really fine tune and tweak things. Yep. And so uh, it kind of helps you prioritize where you should be putting both time and money. And so you're Absolutely. right. Tracking and measuring is a very good thing to have on a list of things to do <laughs> to ensure that you're <laughs> moving forward. So, well, we're right at 30 minutes, which is what our goal is on these shows. Sometimes, you know, I get, a little crazy and go on and on and on. But uh, today I think we did pretty good. Do you have anything that you wanted to add? I think this is just awesome content. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm kind of proud of us. I think we went 38, 39 minutes on one, but uh, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, uh, it's been fun. And hopefully, uh, uh, you know, I took a few uh, away, a few things, what you brought up, hopefully everyone listening did too. Um, feel free to reach out to us, you know, email us, drop a comment. If you have any questions, um, love to help you. Absolutely. If you're listening on the podcast, please uh, leave your comments in there. We do, we do uh, address those. Um, same with Facebook, YouTube. We're very active. So if you'd like to get a hold of us in any way, we're very easy. Our contact information is all over all of it. So no strings attached. We're here to help. We just love doing what we do and it's just, it's time to give back, right? Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We will catch you on the next one.